church. What's up, Keys Vineyard? It's Doug here, uh, coming at you with some announcements, okay? Uh, last week, I used my phone. This week, I'm slightly more prepared as to what we have coming up soon. August 3rd, we're starting our new uh Watch Party Bible Study. We're going to go through The Chosen. Uh, it's a great show about Jesus' life here on earth and getting to know his disciples. Uh, there's going to be a Bible study that's going to start Tuesday, August 3rd at 6.30. You won't want to miss it. Sign-ups are available online and on the Keys Vineyard Church app. Also coming up, August 6th is our summer VBS. We need volunteers and also we need kids to come too. So uh, if you're interested in that, that'll be August 6th. That starts at 6 p.m. Uh, you can also register for that online, uh, whether you're an attendee or your child is attending or you're a volunteer. Please sign up for that. Also, uh, put this in your calendar, August 18th. Uh, I will be hosting here at the church a little worship night. Uh, we'll bring acoustic instruments, acoustic instruments only. Please don't bring amps. I don't have any amps for you. Uh, we'll have a keyboard set up. Uh, if you just sing, if you want to bring a kazoo, acoustic instrument of any kind, everybody's welcome for that. That's going to be August 18th at 6.30. That's a Wednesday night. Uh, we'll be here for an hour or so. Bring your instruments. Please bring a tuner, and that'll be fun. At vocalists, you're obviously welcome to come, too. So, uh, with all that being said, let's get ready for church today. Woo-hoo! All right. Welcome, Vineyard Virtual Family. We're so glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to worship here, and uh, I'm glad that you're here to join us in that. And then I'll be into uh, our series, Are You Ready? Uh, we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 7 today. So uh, get your Bibles, and uh, if you're ready, here we go. Good morning. Good morning. We have a, a couple of talkback mics and. Kurt was like, when you're watching Doug slowly lose his mind, is what he said. It's the morning. I, I was like, I was trying to imitate one of those inflatable guys you the see at the used car lots, or they're just going to town. You have joints, so. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, glad to see you guys. Looking forward to spending time with you. In case you did not know, I will give you the little run-through of what we're doing this morning. We're going to start things off with communion. Pastor Steve is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We've got four songs planned. We really enjoyed it last night. Looking forward to doing it with you again after worship. We'll have the kids come up who are here, except for I don't think Abby's going to be here. So it might just be for the it might just be for the online the virtual kids, children yeah. if any of them are and lead them through a bible verse in. if there are any kids i will take them back to sunday school and then we'll have our time in the word with pastor steve before we do all of that let's pray come holy spirit we're so thankful for your presence papa it's where we want to be thankful we're thankful for all that you're doing in our hearts and our minds and we invite your presence to go deeper help us walk where you want us to walk to help our hearts beat in time with yours and we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this college lord god your unfailing providence governs all things in heaven and on earth we humbly ask you to take away from us all hurtful things and to give us that which is helpful for our now and forever life in you. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So, um, communion is available in these prepackaged kits. There's, there's these regular ones, and in the little basket, there's some that are gluten-free, if that's an issue for you. And so, uh, we just ask, whenever you, you feel that, just come take them and go back to your seats and partake there. But uh, we're going to celebrate together. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. And during the Last Supper, a Passover celebration, the cup of sanctification and the cup of plagues have been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There were his friends that night. Jesus gave a lasting ordinance, a remembrance that we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. And he said, look, when you're together, do this in remembrance of me. And that's why we celebrate communion. It's a time to remember. We remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We remember how he's coming back for us soon and all that that means. And so it's a, it's a wonderful, important, meaningful celebration that ties in so many things. So when you do partake, think about those things. But the table is now open to all who believe. And as the Spirit leads, as we praise and worship God together in song, please come partake. Remember, give thanks. Amen. Thanks, Dad. So we're going to enter into our time of worship, and I would encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices. If you're joining us online, please do the same, you know, chat where you are and hallelujah, all that good stuff. If we're here in the room now, I would encourage us all to sing along. We can hear you guys, and it's always so encouraging when we join together in this time of worship. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. God, we praise you. Amen.
so wonderful and you are so worthy of all of our praise and father as we're here in your presence i would ask that you would be with us as we prepare to study your word lord god would you anoint the words that are spoken to us that are taught to us use those words to stir up our hearts towards you holy spirit i would ask that you would be with us as we prepare to study your word you are so good, Lord. And be with those working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them. Oh, God, you are so good. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. And amen. And hey, Mom, would you come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Sure will. Do we have any little ones here that want to... Learn a Bible verse and get a sticker. Big ones. Do we have big ones here? <laughs> okay, we're gonna learn. We're gonna learn First John three eighteen, and this is what the kids are gonna learn in Sunday school today. And it's about not just acting, not just saying that we love people, but actually doing it and acting like we love them. And it's children, you show love for others by truly helping them, and not merely by talking about it. First John three eighteen. So we are going to pray for our kids now real quick. And Oh, I see a couple back there. Do you want to come and help me? <gasps> Yay! 
And she's got kitty cat ears. The best. Are they kitty cat? Or bunny. Good morning. Hi. Welcome. All right. You want to repeat after me? The trick is now I have to get up, but that, that's another story. Okay. Say children. Children. You shall love for others. By truly helping them. And not merely. And not merely. Talking about it. First John 3.18. Good job! Yay! Thank you. Stickers. Look, you get there, there, aren't they? You can put it in your notebook. Okay. I'm going to pray for you, all right? Father, we just thank you this morning for these two little girls that are here and for all the children that will come this morning, Lord. Will you just bless them, keep them safe, and let them remember how loved they are. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. And you can follow Miss Kimberly. She'll take you right to Sunday school. All right, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. What a good girl. She gave me her garbage. If I was down there, honey, I'd help you. I'm sorry. Uh, There you go. I made the noise for you. I did the Bible verse last night, and uh, I didn't get down, and I told everybody, I can't get down and back up again without lots of sound effects. So It was funny, too. Douglas just set some things up here. Last night when I started, my clicker wouldn't work, and uh, so I walked over to sing and pushed a button. <laughs> the lights went down, and things started to happen, and the tech team came running up, so I know what to do from now on when they're not paying attention. Just go hit a button. If you are a first-time guest or visitor, this moment is for you. Uh, that's a QR code up there. And if you would point your phone in camera mode, just turn the camera on, point. Don't take a picture. Point. A little thing will pop up, and you can push on that. And then it's a little contact form from us. And it just asks for your name and your email address and your phone number. And let me tell you what we do with that. Over the next 30 days, you get like two texts and two emails from us. And then it stops. Um, but it's uh, just a way of us sort of sending out some info to you and connecting with you and letting you know what's coming up. So if that's you and you're a first-time guest, please take a moment, point your camera at that. A little form will pop up, hit a button, pop it, give me information, and then uh, we'll connect with you from there. But uh, For everyone else, thank you. We're so glad that you're here today with us at the Vineyard. Thank you for joining us online. Happy to have you on a, uh, and I'm not sure what it's going to do Sunday yet. So, uh, but I'm, I don't know why weather became part of my deal, but, uh, but there you go. We're here and uh, we're glad to be here and we're glad that you're with us. We're continuing on a series we're doing called, Are You Ready? And, uh. This series is about hope, and, you know, that's the big part of this series. And Peter said, you know, to be, be prepared, be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. So we've talked a lot about hope in this series, and then we've been talking about the reasons for that hope throughout. And remember, I've said that, that I think somehow we sort of settled for a, a bit less hope than we should have, and that we, we didn't understand that the whole story ends with, you know, heaven coming down to earth and earth being renewed and recreated. We read that in Revelation 21, that God never gave up on creation and has a plan, uh, in effect, to put everything back together, heaven and earth together. And that's our ultimate hope, new physical bodies and everything the way it was intended to be, evil dealt with, and, and we get to have this incredible adventure then uh, that stretches forever. That's our hope. 
then with that understanding, we can look back through the scriptures, through the cross and resurrection, and there's all kinds of reasons for the hope that we have. The whole thing becomes comes to life for us. And that's what this series is about. Those big themes that I can't do in the introduction that you, you know, need to go back and check out if you haven't yet about exile and exodus and tabernacle and God wants to dwell with us and heaven and earth aren't millions of miles apart. There's an overlap and all those things are very important. And over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. And I just want to say it again. Make sure when I talk about the kingdom of God or when you read about the kingdom of God in the scripture, that you're not thinking about a place. It's not about place. It's not about a heaven. It's not about heaven. It's about the rule and reign of God. It's about God being king. And that's what Jesus is saying is here when he comes, that he's inaugurating, that he'll consummate when he returns. It's God's rule and reign here as it is in heaven. And so we're, we're right now to sort of really get into that. We're looking at parables because parables are stories that reveal the kingdom of God. And it's a, we have to look at things differently when we have. That's a big part that we've been seeing in the parables. Um, we don't want to miss because what God is doing because we're stuck in what we think he ought to be doing. Um, we, we have to understand his agenda is different than ours, that, that a new thing has started. It's time to celebrate. We looked at that last week. And remember last week I said this too. You can't replace relationship with rules. And we'll see that theme some more today as we look at another tiny parable in Mark chapter 7. So... Uh, I'm going to dig in with the jokes, although I, I thought about this. So I think yesterday morning, the power went off at like 5 o'clock in the morning. For those of us that were in the Keys, it went off all over. And that's usually when I get up anyway, so it wasn't a big, big, huge problem about that. But um, a problem quickly arose in that uh, there were, we couldn't make coffee. And uh, at first I was trying to be cool. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, no problem. And then, not that it was a problem, but I was missing me some coffee. And so, I'm going to have a sip right now because I'm talking. We have really good coffee here. We use, we use baby's coffee now in all the roasters, so it's amazing. Um, and, and so, Alice and I were sitting there, and we're kind of trying to figure things out, and we're obviously not very animated. And around 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock rolls by, and the power's not on yet. And I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain thinking, I got to, what, what can I do? And, and thinking, I wish I had one of those campfire sort of percolators, you know, and I'm looking at, uh, I'm on my phone, I got to order one of those. And then all of a sudden I said, I wish we had instant coffee. And Alice says, we do. And she reaches into the cupboard and she finds some four-year-old <laughs> coffee Bustello that, that she's had stashed back there for recipes. And I'm like, she's like, well, it's expired. I'm like, yeah, no, it hasn't. Yes! And so we have a gas stove, and so I used a lighter to get the stove going and was heating some water. And I'm pretty happy, because at that time, I think I would have just sort of eaten a spoonful of the stuff. And uh, and just as the water's getting hot and we're about ready to go, power comes back on. Um, the whole thing was just kind of in the life. I don't know. It's funny the things you miss, though, right? Electricity, coffee, something. So uh, I just thought I'd share with you a little bit of our day before we get started. All right. Now, bad jokes. Oh, these are very bad, too. What is the opposite of lady fingers? Mentos. <laughs> Speaking of toes, the adult version of head, shoulders, knees, and toes is 
Wallet, glasses, keys, and phone. Wallet, glasses, keys, and phone. Nothing? Oh, well. It was a little off-tune. I probably should have practiced more. This one's really bad. I should probably not. Well, I had this long, pointless argument with a friend of mine as to which vowel is most important. I won. (laughs) Alice, come and get us back on track, please. You don't want to sing head, shoulders, knees, and toes again for us? We tried doing it in the car this week, and we completely lost the tune. So I think that was the problem. I probably threw you off. Doodah. Yeah, there you go. Good morning again. It's good to see you all. Let's pray, shall we, before we press into Papa. Father, we just um, are so grateful for this time together that we can come and worship you and read your word together. Father, I pray today that the veil, Lord, that we see through a glass dimly, Lord, I pray that today as we study your word, that glass would clear up just a little bit, that we would see you clearly, Lord, and hear you clearly and leave here, Father, knowing that you are at work in our lives and and in the people around us. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of Mark. This is chapter 7, verses 14 through 23. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked? Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Blessed be the word of God. Y'all can be seated. So that, uh, that passage has a statement in it that was really revolutionary. Um, and it had to do with foods, uh, dietary laws, and, and Jesus, they're declaring all foods clean. That was, that was unheard of. And, and uh, the disciples couldn't even begin to take it in. But, but let's sort of back up a little bit and talk about what's going on. As Jesus starts talking about in the kingdom... What what the difference between clean and unclean is and in this whole chapter what Jesus is is really dealing with is the heart the inside of you when I say heart I'm not talking about the thing that's pumping blood it's that's the in the Bible the idea of heart is the center of who you are it's who you are and and so what he's saying is look it's more than outward things 
What the kingdom of God is bringing is an inward change. That's what the kingdom is doing. It's different than what they expected. Everything is beginning to change. They're used to just trying to follow rules to make this happen. And, and that's not how it comes. And that's the thing that Jesus is approaching and dealing with when he's talking about the kingdom. And so that idea of cleanness and uncleanness, I'd say that's the idea of justification. And that was a big deal. And the Pharisees, remember, they started out pretty with noble purposes, which was to protect their scripture from being changed by the culture. But the way they ended up doing that over a couple hundred years span was just adding more and more rules. So to the point when Jesus arrives on the scene, there's now these 640 some rules that people are supposed to obey. And the Pharisees thought was if they could get everybody obeying the rules, that would usher in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying, that's not what it is at all. God is bringing in the kingdom, and he's doing it because he's God and because he loves people. And it's not about the, the rule following. It's about a change of heart. Because here's the deal. You can follow rules and still be, unfortunately, incredibly evil. And that sort of religious evil is, is perhaps the worst one that we deal with. Uh, and, and it's people who've think they're justified because of what they do, uh, uh, you know, outwardly instead of the change that's going on. And so justification, the idea of justification is, is that I like to remember the word, it's, it's just as if I'd never sinned. And that's huge. That's like this whole new beginning. And the Apostle Paul teaches more about this in, in several spots, but I was thinking in particular in Galatians 2, if you want to read it. He's dealing with an issue in the church of Antioch. And in Antioch, they have this neat um, picture of how things are supposed to be in the kingdom because there's, there's people from a Jewish background and there's people from a Gentile background who've all come to know Jesus and they're just hanging out together as people in Jesus, right? And, and, and then all of a sudden some religious people show up, these rule follower people, and they say, well, you, you Jewish folks background, you can't eat with the Gentile folks because you're, 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 you're not supposed to share a meal together, you don't eat the same way. And Paul has to address that, and he addresses it. And what he says is, look, we're, we're justified in Christ. And what that means is, is that God sees us in Christ. And the picture of what happens in new creation is it's not about our background. It's about now as new people. We're the new people of God. We're the new family of God. We're the, the people in Christ. And we're to live as more fully human. Remember I said that the enemy tries to make us subhuman. But what happens in Jesus is that he shows us what it looks like, what humanity was intended to be. And that as he changes our hearts, we become more fully that. And this is a very big deal. And Jesus really goes after it here when he sort of puts their dietary, their dietary and some of their cleaning laws on, on display. And he says, look, that's not what justifies you. He says, it, it's what Jesus is going to do. It's about following Jesus. And so that kind of sets the stage. And what happens is some Pharisees show up. Uh, and they're, they're always showing up where Jesus is because they're drawn to Jesus too. Uh, the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. Apparently, they hadn't done the ceremonial hand washing. They might have done some sort of quick hand washing, but they had made a thing over that. Not that and so this is the thing. I, you know, the other day I said, it's not that rules don't matter. That makes sense sometimes. Like, pretty much makes sense to wash your hands before you put them in your mouth. That's a, we would understand that to be a good thing, right? 
And, you know, a quick hand washing is better than no hand washing, but now you're supposed to do, you know, 20 seconds. And I don't know if you, maybe you've always done 20 seconds, but that's been a new thing for me, i got to say, because before it was like two seconds. And, uh, but, and so it's not, it's not, it's the ceremony they made of it. And that was the issue. And so because they hadn't done this ceremonial hand washing, um, they, they were defiled. And the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing. It's a big show. Holding to what? The tradition of the elders. And Jesus is going to go after that. And when they arrive, uh, when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their foods with defiled hands? So that sort of sets the scene of what's going on and what Jesus is dealing with. Here's these Pharisees and they're, they're like, you're not following the traditions of the elders. You're not doing these 640 things. And uh, we, we have a, why aren't they doing that? And, and Jesus is going to begin to talk to them about that. And what we have to look at is why we have a tendency to sort of much rather follow the rules than understand that what God wants is relationship with us. See, I've told you from the beginning of this series that the heart of God is to dwell with us. It always has been. It's, I think we struggle with it because it's overwhelming. In our, why would God want to hang with us? And yet, it's the heart of God. It, and it's over and over again in the Scripture. That's God's heart. He wants to dwell with us. He wants to be in relationship with us. And yet, relationship... Um, I think because for us, relationship, you know, there's certainly an effort to it, but there's also a vulnerability to it. There's an intimacy that comes from it. There's, there's a number of other things. Sometimes we would say, that's a little more than I can handle. Just tell me what the rules are and I'll do those. And yet that's not the heart of God. It's, he doesn't, you can't replace relationship with rules. You can't do it in your own life. Think about relationships. Good relationships require some time. They require a, a moving towards each other. They require all of that. And, and this is at the heart of the kingdom is that God wants to dwell with us. Jesus has made it possible for us to be reconciled to him. And he hasn't come to do all that to just help let us be the same and follow some rules and just be more mean, critical, you know, people who get away with whatever they can. He comes so that our hearts can be changed, that God sees us as justified in Christ and we can hang together in this whole new way that's going to happen forever. And so he begins to talk to the Pharisees, and he said, listen, he tells them, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They, they say all the right stuff, and they act like they're doing but they're not connected at a heart level. And they worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, you have a way, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father and mother is korban, that is devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father and mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and you do Many things like that. Jesus says, look, you've, you've missed the heart of the original ten words that were given to the people. And they've, they've started by making those things rules that needed to be followed, and then they've added to them. And remember, I've told you this, those ten words, that we call them the ten commandments, but they're really the ten words that God gave. They were a love thing. 
They were how people were to relate to God. That, that this is what God's people would look like. They'd love God all in. That's the first three. They'd, they'd love their neighbors. That's the last thing. They'd love themselves. That's got to do with Sabbath and, and plugging into that. It was a big love thing. This is what you should do when you love God and you love one another. This is what it looks like. Don't These things are not going to happen because that's not where our hearts are. But the Pharisees had set those things aside. And so Jesus brings up the one about honoring your mother and father. And he said, you've substituted that with this thing called korban. So what they had come to do was rather than caring about their family, they cared about money. And so they, they, came, a, they came with a, a workaround. See, that's what happened with rules. People can always justify a workaround and not go to the heart, right? That's what rules do. There's, there's always a justify. Even when you're breaking rules, you justify why you can break them. Just think about it like speed limits and stuff. Why? Well, they, they don't really mean that. They expect you to go five miles an hour faster than that anyway. And they're just trying to keep anybody ever just you. I know you do. Now they'll give us 10 this week. You know, and, and oh, well, everybody else is going this. You get and it's like, and I'm not, it's, it, that's a different thing. And, and, you know, it's, but it's the heart, right? The God just wants our hearts just to be in relationship with us. And so they come up with this thing called Korban. And if you're curious, what, what that meant was they could say, well, this was the money. This would be the money that I would use to take care of my parents. But instead, it's devoted to God. So I can't use it for them. So they're on their own. And then they usually wouldn't give it to God either. It was just devoted to him. And, and yet they were satisfying all kinds of things. And Jesus says, you've got all that kind of stuff going on. You're fine with that. But you see, there's no heart change. And so that's what it is to be a child of God. That's what the kingdom is all about. It's changing us in here. And, and yet people often settle for rules rather than relationship. And, and they get stuck in all these things. And, and he says people are teaching these human commands instead of really going back and understanding what the scripture is. Listen, one of my appeals to you is to read the Bible. And I say it over and over and over again. You need to read your Bible. And but, you know, my heart would be that that wouldn't be a chore for you, that, that you would realize how amazing this is. This, this is the most amazing book that's ever been because it's alive in a lot of ways and it speaks to us. And the stories in there, they're incredible. It's so much better than any novel. that's ever written. If you've never gone in there and read through the battles and the, and the, the, I was going to, never mind. Anyway, the amount of things that are happening, it's fascinating. And yet somehow, and I, I know how, the enemy has told, oh, that's boring, or I don't get it, or it's too hard for me to understand. Or, you have to read it for yourselves. Otherwise, you begin to settle for human traditions. Instead of knowing for yourself, you start hearing things, and you take that as what the Bible says. And that's not how you're supposed to live, because this is part of that relationship that we have. It's about listening to God, talking to God, reading his word, hanging out with him, yielding to the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if we're not careful, um, the enemy will twist it on us, and we begin to settle for other things. I was thinking of a couple things this week that people often think are Bible, that aren't Bible. And uh, I, had, I had this one, that people will say this to me. Well, you know, God says that he helps those who help themselves. You know, that's not Bible. But you ask a lot of believers even, oh, no, that's Bible. It is not. It's nothing. It's like opposite of Bible. 
If you read it, you find out that God, God, you know, helps us because we can't help ourselves. We are, we need Him desperately. We're, we're dependent on Him. When we think we can do it ourselves, we end up in a huge mess. And yet, a lot of people take that on as a, as a reason for why they do well. God says, God, you know, Bible says, God says He helps those who help themselves. It's not in the scripture. You can go and look for it. It is not there. Or I was thinking of another one this week that kind of ties with that. that and people tell me this one all the time. God will not give you more than you can handle. I, so I, hang on. What happens is that unfortunately is sort of a bad interpretation of 1 Corinthians 10 that's talking about temptation. And, and it, says, it says God won't allow you to be tempted more than you can bear. And how he, why, why the answer is to that is that he always makes a way out. It doesn't say you won't be tempted because you will be. And it doesn't say you will always take the way out because you won't. What it says is, when the enemy is on you, God will make a way out. But you get to choose whether you're going to take it or not. And so, we, we, I, I know people, I don't mean to pick on people when they say it, but I'm like, it's not about what God, he's saying, he'll allow, you know, he'll, the temptation, he'll make a way out for you. But you have an enemy who wants to steal everything from you. Do you get that? He wants to crush you. He doesn't want you to breathe and have life. He wants you to be crushed and in the grave and not having to deal with you. And so we have a very real enemy. And if we don't realize, we go, oh, well, God won't give me more. No, we, we get this battle going on. We need to be crying out, God, I need your help now. And he comes and he helps us. But we have to realize it's, that's relational. That's our relationship with him, crying out to him, connecting with him, knowing how desperately we are for him, that this life is nothing without him. If we could do it without him, we would. And you can't. You, you can't deal with your own sin. You can't. See, you, if you, you, but he does for us. And so that's what we need to know. And so I, I wonder, you know, well, but why do people sort of like the just tell me the rule sort of situation? And I think that what happens is, is this, there's something about it that says, well, you know, if I know the rules, I can kind of follow those to a point. Like, you know, if it's stay away from these foods, I could probably do that. Uh, you know, if it's the way that I wash my hands, I can probably do that. But I'm not sure about my heart being changed. And, and see, what Jesus is saying with the kingdom, and this is important, that he's the cure for hard-heartedness. See, see following Jesus, he, he will move into those things in your life. He's the cure for those things. And Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it's what comes out of a person that defiles them. Now, that's the parable this week, that little line. You might even not know it's a parable. But... People did not understand it. And the disciples couldn't wait to tell him and ask him, what? He, his disciples, as soon as they get there, tell us what that meant. Because that seems to go against everything that we understand. And he goes, really? You still that dull? Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. That was the big thing. That was changing. That was, they were like, What? Because they had a lot of dietary restrictions. And Jesus was like, that's not the point. That, that's, that's, you know, there's a new thing. The kingdom is here now, and you're justified by faith. It's about 
putting your life into Christ, and then he does his work from the inside out. That the, All those things that you're trying to make happen, that's not what was supposed to happen. It was just like a stopgap measure until Jesus came and dealt with everything that needed to be dealt with. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. That's why we have to be changed from the inside. You get all those outside things dealt with, but you've still got that mess inside. It's not happening. For it's from within, out of a person's heart. That evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly. That's a horrible list. That's what happens in an unchanged heart. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. But see, if you follow Jesus, your hearts can be softened and restored and healed and changed. And the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to change us from the inside. He begins to deal with that mess, those situations, those Things. God has started the new thing, the new creation. The kingdom is here, and the rescue is for everyone. That's what it's all about. Listen, it's here, and things are different now. And it's, it's, he's trying to convince the people of Israel that, that, yes, God wants them to come into relationship with Jesus, but they're hesitant because nobody's overthrowing, right? The Romans. It's not for us, but, but he's saying, no, the rescue is for everyone, and they don't want that. Remember back in Luke 4, when he read the mission, and it was for everyone, and they don't want to have anything to do with that. Well, it's for everyone, and that changes the way we look. It changes the way we understand. It was to change them. When, when we come to Christ, we're these new people in new creation, and he wants us to live with him in relationship the way he always intended it. Where he's leading, he's guiding. It's, it's, in our, it's in our minds and hearts now. And we're, we're following the Holy Spirit. And we're, we're just you know, pressing into our relationship. And he throws in this story. And this is not here out uh, of line. God, Mark does this on purpose. Right after this, Jesus left that place, Mark seven twenty four, And went to the vicinity of Tyre. And he entered a house. And did not anyone to, he didn't want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. They, everybody blabs when Jesus was on the move. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia, and she begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her. So this was a non-Jewish woman. Now, I, I used to read this and think, well, this it seems a little mean to me. And it is, it's, I, I need you to rethink, if that's ever been your picture, about the, relation, the, the conversation between Jesus and this woman. And, and I, I want you to see that there's a spark in Jesus' eye at this woman's faith as she moves towards him in this whole deal. It was a big deal. And he, he says, first let the children eat all they want, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. They say, well, that's kind of mean. What's he saying? And he's just saying that, that he's come to the people of Israel first, but he knows where it's going. And his, her response, I know that Jesus loves her response. Even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. See, and it's, I, I, there's this, I hope you can see this kind of twinkle in Jesus' eye. And he says, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. You get it. And you get the bigger picture. Even these, these people who should get it. See, that's the contrast. There's people all around him that should get it. And they don't get it. The kingdom is here. They, they, they get it. They, it's like, but he's not doing it the way we expect. And so they miss it. But here comes this woman who's not a, one of the people of Israel. And she gets it. She goes, what, I, even a, just toss a crumb. Just a crumb from Jesus. She went home and found her child lying on the bed. And the demon gone. The healing happened. See, see. It's that, 
I hope you, what she did, she just pressed in there. Do you get it? That's the picture. That's what he wants. He just wants us to press in, to, to realize how much he loves us. And we press in, and then life begins to change. So think about those things this week. Next week, we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 8. We've got a really cool situation going on there, so you can read ahead if you want. But that's enough, I think, to sort of dwell on this week. Don't miss what God is doing because you're clinging to your own agenda. That's the heart of these parables. And so be thinking about everything that's going on with that. Okay, so let's, uh, let's have a little ministry time. Alice, why don't you come up and we'll, we'll listen for what the Lord's doing and we'll pray for you. And call it a morning. Papa, we are grateful. Grateful, grateful for who you are. And for this love that you have for us. And my, my prayer, Papa, is that, that we would just get it how much you want relationship with us. To just press in. To, to, to move through the pushback that we sometimes feel. It's not coming from you, but it exists in the world around us. And just to, to press in until we break through with you. And so I, I pray this for each person here, God, that they would come to know you in a, in a deeper and richer way. That, that their heart would be stirred. To, to plug into your scripture, to plug into your word, and to spend time with you. Uh, and, and not as a, some sort of you know, ritual that loses everything that it's supposed to be, but as a desire that comes from relationship. So I pray, God, that in each person that you would just stir up that, that desire for more relationship with you, to know you more, to love you more, to experience you more. I feel like somebody is in a, in a situation where it's ab- absolutely more than you can bear, and it's with a child. And it's, it was when Steve spoke about it this morning, it hit you. And you've been trying to figure it out and figure it out. And the Lord just wants to reveal himself to you in that situation. You're not going to be able to figure it out. So just give it to him. It's not, you're not to blame I feel like you feel really guilty, and the Lord just wants you to know he's going to reveal himself to you in a situation with your child. So if that's you, I pray you be able to just let that go to the God that loves you. Amen. Amen. Well, if you need prayer, uh, Doug's over there, and, and we'll get some other folks over there, too, for anything before you go. We'd love for you to be able to have prayer, but um, we're just going to dismiss there. Remember, this story starts by knowing Jesus. And if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, that's, that's how it all begins. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's our heart's cry. If you've never, ever done that, do it now. Best decision you will ever make. And just know him and, and come into that relationship with him. Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity and your faithfulness to giving and tithing and all the things that you do. And uh, we're, we're blessed by that. and We're encouraged. Let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. 
May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. If you need prayer for anything, folks over there will pray for you before you go. If you're going to head out, we'll let these doors open for you in just a second. Please go out this way. But have a great week, everybody. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so you can get one lost child back to death. God bless you guys. God bless you online. Thanks for watching. Mark 8 for next week. I'm really looking forward to that. Think about the parables. How cool are they? That's right. It's mini season down here, guys. So be safe if you're out there on the water and enjoy those tails. Make sure they're the right length. Yes. Amen. (laughs) God bless you all. Bye-bye.